Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Why, hello there. Hello. And you know what? I think today we're going to go back to the tried and true ramped up click pitch. Oh, okay. We haven't done that for a little bit. We've spent some time on some uh, different ideas, doing adventure games, doing reviews of games that truly do exist in the world. They really do. We're, we're not lying about that. No. Well, why would we make up games on a game design, improvised game design podcast? Okay. That'd just be weird. That's just stupid. Uh, but no, let's just go back to uh, Ramped Up Click Pitch. So, Trevor, why don't you tell our lovely listening audience what that even is? Ramped Up Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator bot in Discord and we can just, on the count of three, two, one, chuck in a command, get some words back, and we make a game design out of it. Yep. Take those as the prompt. Yep. Turn them into gaming goodness. Let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Arguable knee. Riding. Soul. Ooh. So this is about death. <laughs> I've never done games about death before. <laughs> but he's getting old. He's got a bad knee. And so he's he's maybe trying to find his replacement. Mm. Cool. Uh, what I was wondering mm. is... I mean, it's riding and soul. Like, there's lots of lots of different ways that you can ride. Yeah. Like, you can ride a wave. You can you can ride a bike. You can ride a horse. Yes. You can. Um, technically, if it's soul, it's like what if what if there's a there's a soul that kind of rides on the back of uh, someone who's got a knee injury and they're rather argumentative with, you know, this Banjo-Kazooie-esque um, char- character on their back. So, the soul is just a, like, is it the soul of another person? I think so, yeah. Ooh. Or is, or is the soul of someone who was accidentally killed and this person blames themselves for this this person well again i I think as we sometimes do i think maybe we can combine these ideas because i kind of like the idea of riding around as death with this soul who refuses to be reaped Mm. as your little chatterbox companion Mm -hmm. uh and so you can do some really fun relationship stuff there between between death and this soul and and the way I kind of see that with the knee is you could almost be, you know, kneecapped in a way. As in, you, when you when you're trying to reap someone else, this soul is conti- continually telling these people, "No, you don't have to listen to him." Like, oh, he's definitely yeah. There's definitely an aspect of death is ominous. He's silent when he's dealing with soul with souls that he's reaping. Mm-hmm. And he really tr- he's trying to create this atmosphere, and this fucking little soul keeps coming in and ruining it. Yeah, 
cut him off at the knee, as it were. <laughs> I do, although I do also kind of like the idea, just because death is sort of, you know, generally a skeleton under his robe, but, like, he keeps losing his leg below the knee. <laughs> yeah, like, this, his knee's fucked up to the point that he it doesn't hook up to his, you know, shin or whatever anymore, and it keeps falling off. <laughs> um, there's something about... Something about death. There's something about death. <laughs> so let, let, let's let's describe death. So he's got a big scythe. He's got a big scythe. He's got a black cloak. Yes. Is he fully skeleton or is he like a little bit decaying in the flesh department? That's why it's a little bit more. I think you know what is kind of interesting. Just to go a little bit different and to have some vari- some flexibility here is I don't think death has a fully corporeal form. I think he's like some sort of mist in there that he can form into different shapes within that hood. Mm-hmm. He generally tends towards a skull because he's just found it to be very effective. Yes. Uh, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes he keeps the hood empty. Essentially, because mm-hmm. there's sort of that's a very classic look of death as well as literally just the darkened hood. But then that can give us some things to play with as well to sort of subvert deaths. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe every time, maybe he's trying to do the skull, and every time this annoying soul talks, it like shocks him into, you know, making it into a cutesy face or something, or like an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's like so oh, when you do that. What I'm what I'm wondering about is what sort of game is this? Like, unfortunately, this kind of feels a bit point and click adventure. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's closer to like third person three D adventure. Okay, I think uh, maybe a telltale some cutscenes and stuff. Maybe a telltale ish sort of thing. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, he's close to point-and-click adventure, but uh, I feel like it's less less the traditional inventory puzzles and stuff, and mm-hmm. that's more action-y with a, a lot of story in there. Yeah. Action elements. Yeah, so, you do you can you can just ride around. Like, you can free ride around uh, between, between your different um, missions, perhaps. Like, you, you've got, you know, you get- You've got a schedule or you've got a list of people who you need to reap today, you know. Yeah. And then your your little black book of of the souls that, you know, you kind of want to keep in touch with because you become really good (laughs) friends. Because you just got on well with them. Yeah, you had some chemistry there. Had some chemistry and you you help them get into, you know, the- Get into the place that they want. You You help them get into the good heaven. Yeah. The good, good. The good, good place. Yeah, the the better place. Yeah, the not the bad place. good place. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 VIP heaven. Yeah, behind the velvet rope. Yeah, I like that. And then because then we can start it off as we often like to do with sort of it's it's the mundane aspect of his day. Yeah, you know it's it's give me the start of a day in the life of death. Get a sense for how he works, the bureaucracy of it, the fun of it, you know, the the fact that he... The question is in the tutorial, like, is this the first time that you come across a, a soul who who 
doesn't want to be um, reaped, or is it like maybe you go through the tutorial, someone someone is reaped properly, and then your very next one is like, nah, mate, nah, I'm not dead. Yeah, I think something and, like that. You essentially, then, you know, it says six months later, and it's like the guy is still <laughs> hanging, still around. there. So what? Yeah, something. I think something like that. Yeah, he's had. I think he's had stubborn souls before. Mm-hmm. But never, never to this degree. Yeah, you know, maybe a day or two at the most. I know. I kind of like the idea of there being like some, something else that's going on in the background as to why this soul hasn't hasn't actually been collected properly. Like, well, yeah, I and think why then- they're able to actually refuse to be collected. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'd have to. So we'll have to come up with some. In internal consistency around what does death need to actually do to reap these souls? And then, yes, what is special about this soul that allows them to uh, resist it? I was actually thinking or dodge it or this whatever. soul isn't actually dead yet. Their body is still alive, but in a like a comatose state or something like that. And Right. So there's maybe been... Yeah, maybe like... Because I was going to say, this maybe been, you know, a bureaucratic mistake. That he's gone to collect this person's soul, and that's yeah. why they're in a comatose state. That Oh, that's why? Okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, he's basically- it, I think it should be a mistake that death themselves has made, though, as opposed to the higher-ups. Okay. Like, it's the wrong- like, someone with the same name. Like, it's a, it's a you know, a very comical situation of- Two people with the same unusual name happen to be in approximately the same place at approximately the same time. And, yeah, then we can have a nice little, you know, I think maybe what he use, uses the scythe to do is to, like... Cut the strand cut, from the cut body. Cut the tether. <laughs> cut yep. the tether from the body. And usually they just, like... It's like an umbilical cord. It's just as gross. And there's yeah. placenta oh, yeah. and afterbirth and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, after death. <laughs> the equivalent, at least. <laughs> Plus, after, after death. death. <laughs> but I think usually the souls of the dead just go floating up like yeah. a balloon. Uh, I think sometimes they do kind of hang around like a balloon that is not, have you know, that is, is does not have helium in it that just bounces around a bit. But eventually... They they go up. They they it's, mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's kind of the opposite of a helium balloon running out of helium. Yeah, it's you know they eventually. Got- it's a helium bo- uh, helium balloon that's run out of air, so therefore it can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yes, he essentially disconnects the soul from a living body that was just passed out, not dead, and now this body is actually in hospital but being kept alive in a comatose yeah. state. And when you when you realise at the end of the first or second act, like, then the rest of the time is you trying to get back there without well, the higher-ups Well, you trying to get back because... It. Well, yeah, and because I like the idea that the soul you are supposed to reap is now rotting. Like, if they don't get... If they don't get reaped and don't get disconnected, then now it's a soul attached to a dead body... But they're still going walking around insane. And- like, well, or, yeah, or something. I, like, I guess we determine, do, does it let them reanimate, reanimate the body? Or is it just like, I, this soul is stuck in a dead 
in a corpse, basically. I know we'd have to come up with some sort of way of thinking about that, but I know I just I like the idea that that's kind of how demons are created or something, or like, or maybe ghosts. Maybe that's how ghosts are created, you know, or, or something like like poltergeists or whatever. Yeah, the the tether as such is isn't like a a nice and nice and quick tether, but basically the more the longer this person goes on without being severed the more that they lose their memory the more that they lose them they yeah, lose, lose themselves, themselves. because oh, the well, body like- is just sucking all that sort of stuff out through well, I kind of like the idea through this that, like that they, ghostly tether this soul starts trying to trying to attach to other beings or other things and, and that's corrupting so, them and that's where hauntings and things come from is like this soul is is reaching out blindly trying to grab anything with meaning but and and what made me think of this is that it makes the reaping a lot harder mm. if you if you come across a soul that's been rotting for six months and like you get there you find it eventually and it's this tangle of tethers to mm. everything around and it's essentially been haunting this place via these tethers and so, for you to actually set it free is this huge task. Oh, and, and these and these metaphorical tethers could actually be spanning like the continent, sort of thing, because like he's dug his hooks into these different souls. Well, I think they're location based because I do like that idea of it being like, you know, oh, this uh, that hotel that uh, hospital room's haunted. It's been haunted for the last six months. Like, nobody goes there anymore. Yeah, but where I'm coming from is, from a person, from a personal point of view, if you've been haunted, that will stick with you. Oh, right, and it, yes. it sticks yes. with you through a, metaphys- a metaphorical, like, hook. And yes. that's one of the okay. extra tethers that's, like... Right. So, I think there's a lot of tethers that are location-based to things mm. in the area. But, yes, there are... There are tethers that have essentially they were they were tethered to somebody at that time, and then that person's left. But that tether that tether remains. still exists; it still remains so then, because yes, because then that gives it's you just in the back of their mind, and it's it's always eating at them. And so then that I mean that's really a good chunk of the like that's the second act of the game is or the second half of the game is like is cleaning the goal up. is to well, clean this up yeah you're not just cleaning this up but you come across a soul that you got to reap and it's got these tethers that are just like hooked in hooked into it that like no matter what you do you can't you can't quite cut it because you're not actually at the source mm. so you've always got to you know travel back and as you go f- the, f- the closer that you go oh i see what you, you mean. know you're starting to get that's more an interesting thing then actually that maybe that's part of the reason that sometimes you find souls that can't be released is because even though you disconnect them from the body they were they're still to, tethered here they're from tethered that other to soul. other souls that haven't been raped yeah okay that's kind of cool and that way you've got i, I like the idea that you now have to get some other sort of power or something like that that actually enables you to see these these tethers and you look at the soul that has been with you for for quite a while and yes you cut his tether but there's like some other like oh or it could be an interesting thing to say like because a lot of you know some souls don't take a while they take a while to go up because they've got a few tethers in them yeah 
And, but I think naturally once a soul is freed from its body, like either, yeah, they start to forget things or, or they start to dissolve, like they the start tethers. to dissolve and like those, and the tethers come free. But when you do see this soul that's been following you around, it, it has hundreds of tethers in it. Like it is just rampant with tethers and. I guess we'd have to come up with for a reason. Like, I don't know if it's just that they've had this especially traumatic, these traumatic experiences or something, or they've connected specifically with rotting souls that have been left behind. Like, are they some sort of medium or something? Although that kind of takes <laughs> away John from Edwards. it a little bit. <laughs> it's John Edwards. Turns out he was right all along. <laughs> but- He's, he's or maybe now, they were just a he's particularly now doomed his, doomed his um, soul for all eternity. <laughs> because I like the, I kind of like the arc of this soul who we haven't named and haven't really talked about enough for being a big part of this game, but they're annoying. Like, oh yeah, they're just slightly outrageous. Uh, they really piss you off, and you tr- you want to get rid of them because you hate having them around, and they've been around for ages. But then when you find, I think I like the arc of when you find this out and you get the ability to see these tethers and you realize this, this soul has these hundreds and hundreds of tethers in it that, that you sort of find out that, oh, they're, those are there because of like, this person has made sacrifices in their life to help other people, but they have left a toll and somehow connected them to these other souls. Oh, one thing that actually, one thing there that could be interesting is maybe you discover a new type of tether mm. that is not this sort of malignant te- uh, tether that's created by these rotting souls as they, re- you know, reach out. It's like the golden tether. Well, it's just like it's a it's a positive. T- it's it's what happens when you connect to another soul on such a level that you are now bound forever. And th- and this person was this, like, they, they just, like, helped everyone, you know? <laughs> they helped self- everyone, but they, they're still being a complete and utter bastard to you. And- well, I think they've just developed this personality over time where they're just very irreverent. They're just very, you know, buoyant. And for you as death, that's horrible to be around (laughs) (laughs) but then you realize that they're here still because of the impact they've had on the world and how many other souls they've connected with that the world Mm -hmm. won't let them go okay so the final the final thing is like um i'm picturing that you your normal scythe isn't going to cut through these nasty tethers yeah so well these Yes, they're nasty in that they're very strong and they're keeping him there. Oh, or do you mean no, the ones I'm, from the rotting? I'm talking okay, about yeah. the rotting one because, right, like the rotting one is actually the one that you you realize I need to fix fix this one. Yeah, the the golden tether. We've we may work out a way of actually, you know, putting him back in his body, sort of thing. And because we're still going with the right, thing of course, because still alive. Right. We'd, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we probably do still want to stick stick with that. Although it's it's not strictly necessary with the uh, with the golden tether with the golden tethers. Uh, it's just it it gave us our our in for the rotten tethers. But it, so yeah, because right. yes, 
So I think it probably still works. And then, it, I mean, it, good, it gives a good resolution that you manage, that you put them back into their body and they- they don't you know, remember. I mean, we can even we can even come up with some stuff around like the reason these you know there still could be a re- the, you know that that when a, when a when someone dies regularly, uh, they they may have these golden tethers, but if they've you know if they've lived their life long enough or whatever, like it's not that people are holding onto them so strongly now because they've sort of lived a good life or whatever, and there could be an interesting interesting thing there around like. Maybe people who die too soon do stick around longer. Maybe that is some of the some of the souls, you know. And you've never quite realised because you never understood these tethers. You were never able mm. to see them until this, you know, this the events in this game. To you, it was just it varied based on the soul. Sometimes it was a bit annoying that they stuck around for a while, but they eventually left. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until this. So I think I think there's a little bit of Metroidvania in the fact that. You can only see these certain things when you get to certain levels, like... Yeah, look, I think you could definitely add some systems in there like that, um, where you are kind of... You have a, a game loop of seeking out a soul that you need to sever, you need to reap. It might have some tethers that are keeping it there. Oh, okay. Follow those back. Well, this is, I guess, once you've determined. But I think you get that early, fairly early on. So you do have sort of this system of like following a few tethers back to the main source where it's some sort of haunted And it may be so that so that this soul can go off and be less less tormented in whichever wherever it's going, is that you help it close out the loop. Like close out, you know, the unfinished business sort of things. Yeah, potentially. I I guess it comes down because I mean we could actually because we could actually make this fairly combat-based if we wanted, where you are- It is actually, like, action combat techniques to defeat these tethers that are fighting back in some way. Like, particularly once you get to these, like, haunted, rotting souls that have tethered onto so many different things. It's like dodging attacks, cutting these tethers down until you get all, you know, ten tether- major tethers or whatever and clear the room. Mm-hmm. Or, yes, we could make it a little bit more sort of story-based and situation-based, a bit more narrative in that way where these different things are, oh, you need to find a particular person and bring them here, or you need to whatever, you know. I can see it working both ways. I don't really want to choose right now, so I say we (laughs) click again. I say we click again. We spent a good 20 minutes on that first game, which is, you know, that's a good run. Uh, but that, I, I quite like that. I like the some of the lore we came up with. We went a yeah. little bit deeper there than we have in the past. So. That was good. Ooh, transported resume ritual cylinder. Mm. So I, I'm picturing this sort of transport thing was like a a Star Trek esque transporter malfunction. Yeah, and. After a while, they they finally resume this this transport. Like when oh, they can, it's like a caught in the buffer kind of situation. Caught in the buffer, either got corrupted and then they were able to you know fix it up again. Okay, and this person comes back, and I kind of like the idea that you're you're down on the planet and. You know, almost like a Star Trek thing. You you say one to beam up. 
you beam up and you instantly beam down. And everyone's everyone's there and they're like, oh, thank God you made it and all this sort of stuff. And you kind of okay. got that mystery hook because you along don't- those lines, along those lines, and we might go, we might go fully down what you said, but mm-hmm. uh, what I had in mind was I kind of like the idea of the inventor of teleportation. Essentially, mm-hmm. it, it, the first time they try to do it, they're lost in the buffer, like they're lost in the stream of yep. the teleportation stream. And then 200 years later or whatever, or maybe that's too far. I don't know. But two, let's say 200 years later. It got resumed. They they finally have the technology. They finally have figured this out to the point. Or just they've had the technology for a while now and then they discover this buffer and, and are able to resume the teleport. And, and this creator is now back and in the future, essentially. Mm-hmm. So almost a bit of a Futurama situation. Um, but I was also comparing it to like Zephram Cochran or whatever from uh, Star Trek, who, you know, was the inventor of the warp drive. Like that this moment actually set off like the, fact that, else, he had, yeah. the <laughs> fact that he had done this uh, made other people start looking into it or whatever. Like it essentially kicked off a technological revolution. Rather than it being the first time. It was the second time, like, that he did it. So, the first time it was successful. And- Or at least- Because I- otherwise, I think though he should- I think we should make it that he'd added something, though, and that's what caused the thing, like- Yeah. That he'd managed to transport, but it- It, like, it was horrible. Like, it felt like it was actually being torn apart or something. Like, he had to- He had to add this buffer in there, essentially- so that it wasn't this direct. It was. It, it was that. It's like essentially the first time that he did it. He was literally tearing himself into pieces on one side and putting himself back together simultaneously on the other side, and that just caused like chaos within his brain and his body, and it felt like all his nerves were on fire at the same time. Yeah, like it felt horrible, and it felt like it took like three weeks, even though it was instant, because of just the relativity of it or something like mm-hmm. whatever so to solve this yes he put in this computational buffer essentially where it's like okay now i'm just gonna pull take myself apart here and don't have that you know simultaneous aspect of being put together at the same time and then the buffer will be you know utilized to then put myself back together but whatever for whatever reason, it failed, and the buffer was never released. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of had this, had this thing of maybe he's he's at like a demonstration showing this is my my latest version of the teleporter, and you know he's you know got got the big scissors out and he's cutting cutting the ribbon and all this sort of stuff. He steps in and said, "See you in a couple of minutes," <laughs> and like. He or just, just he says like I'll see you over there or like because he's I'll see you there and he's just gone and it's well, like well no uh, yes but I like the idea competing ideas <laughs> it's, it's a- the same idea it's just the perspective because what I want to see is uh I want to I want to go through that first test. With him, like, just, uh, again, you're sort of, again, I'm thinking sort of a third person 
adventure kind of thing to introduce the whole idea. He's talking to himself. You do the thing, you know, whatever. Or, or maybe you do start at the demonstration, but he's setting stuff up. He does a few tests where he teleports like an, an apple. apple or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's an apple with a fly on it showing that actually does work and it's not just a, a fly <laughs> yeah, You teleport the apple and the fly <laughs> at the same time. It comes through intact. They're separate things. We don't have that problem. But he's out, he's out there on stage. He's like, all right, I'm going to teleport from here over to there. Like, it's going to be instant. You know, I'll see you there. Gets in there and- the environment changes like that. We see it from his perspective mm-hmm. where for him, no time has passed, but we see it's it 200 instantly years go to 200 years into the future. And he's in a completely different place because they've moved the buffer. You know, this is like, it, it could even be some fucking teenager in his basement who's finally figured this out or whatever, or who, or who stumbled across the the micro SD card that- <laughs> Whole held his buffer or whatever. Like, it just has been lost for 200 years. No, it's an Iomega zip drive. <laughs> it's seven Iomega zip drives. <laughs> and one had a CRC error. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, I love that idea of presenting it. Like, that's how we tell the audience what has happened is, is just that instant perspective shift to- Hundreds of years later. Okay. He had a partner. Yep. That he was working with. Because- Okay, like a, like a business partner. A business a partner. romantic partner. Yeah. Could be both, maybe. Could be both. But when, when you now look into the history of teleporting, your name is a footnote and oh, his name is all over it. Because he marketed it out and, yep. you know- Let's say her name. We often shy away from women as villains because we try not to do that. But I think in this case, let's let's fucking <laughs> this enterprising woman is was actually taking it away from this guy. And again, it doesn't have to be, have been romantic in there either. No. But uh, yeah, I like that. And, and so I think there it could be maybe siblings is, even. Oh, siblings is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his sister. I, I do like that idea. And then I like the idea that there's- That this person who has brought you back is essentially like studying the history of this technology or something. Mm-hmm. And realize- Like, they've found some evidence that has been hidden for however long of the true creator. They find they found footage of the event- They've got the buffer there of the of the fly and the apple, so they they know right. that they're on the on the right space. <laughs> the buffer logs or whatever, yeah. Because they re- they reconstituted the apple, and it did okay, have well, a I mean, slight fly like flavor. That brings some interesting, <laughs> and maybe we'll have to tackle this whole with this whole buffer thing. Like, can we make copies now? Like, what's the ethics? And, uh, and that's what I was thinking. I, I like the idea that the buffer. Like, oh, oh, okay. It's it's something that like they ended up going with that they keep on reinfusing matter and all this sort of stuff. Like, well, because what I was going to say is I like the idea that we fake it, we fake out, we do a fake out in a way where, from your perspective as this person, something went wrong. You've now been brought back two hundred years in the future. You've been in there this whole time. 
maybe your sister reconstituted you the next day. <laughs> like, you yourself are now actually technically- I mean, you're both technically a copy in that case, but, like, you are- It's not this continuous consciousness of just, you were there, you haven't been here for 200 years, now you're back. It's, no, like, you were back, you lived the rest of your life out, you died 150 years ago, and now you're a copy of yourself from that moment because we got we managed to mm-hmm. find the buffer. And maybe, maybe it is something like after that point, they put protections in place with this technology that, you know, essentially- as buffers were buffer. as buffers were read, they are simultaneously <laughs> purged. Purged once they've been reconstituted, and and the reason f- the reason why you didn't reconstitute at first is because the buffer wasn't like it had a, a slight error and it couldn't couldn't quite fix it itself. Yeah, up. like there was basically just one little bug or something that went wrong, and your sister like handled the situation. Everyone was worried. He said, "No, it's like." Or maybe she freaked out or whatever. I don't know. But she fixed the bug and brought you back the next day. Mm-hmm. But perhaps, like, either she did something nefarious and never let you come out again. Or maybe it's literally just, like, that it spooked you too much. That you went into that hiding. you became a hermit and lived you know, yep. And so, you actually let her take credit. Like, you, you just didn't want anything to do with it anymore. And then she went and ran with it and she became mm-hmm. a multi-billionaire and, you know, ch- changed the entire world with this technology. We're really going on some deep dives of some Well, of some I just, I'm today. loving some of these little <laughs> arcs and stuff that we're coming up with because, yeah, I love that idea of faking the player out and them thinking it's this, you've come back after 200 years, your sister took all your ideas, like you're being hard done by, you've been wronged, and then finding you fi- out you that- You find out that- this kid who lives really well is actually your great 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 grandson oh, or whatever. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to. I mean, maybe that's how they got access to your buffer, or something. like maybe there's a there's some connection there. But because what I, what I do like about that is that then you can actually say, oh, like he changed his name to this other this other name when he when oh, he came I back see, right. and. Yeah, yeah. It just it just so happens to be that now you you've actually got some family members that you've already befriended, and right, things just are as a bit good. of a yeah yeah that could be a good way to kind of wrap it up, and now you get to live the rest of your life out here in this future without this you know because I think I think when you when you get there and are told all this and realizing all this you are pissed like you want revenge you want to you know. You want revenge what's, on people who died 150 years ago. Like, yeah, well, and then that's the arc is the thing is it's like, you know, for one, it's been so long, like, there's nothing you can do. But for, but two, you actually made the choice 150. Like, nobody has done you, like, nobody did you wrong back then. You just feel like you've been done wrong now because you're essentially a different person. Mm. And you- That's good. You, really you've got cool. a different choice. You and you start. Maybe he realizes, hey, this this teleporter stuff is really dangerous in the wrong hands, and that opens it up for something else. Like potentially, I mean, that could 
interestingly, that could open it up for a sequel where now you're trying to, because I think at this point, I think you come into a future where teleportation is ubiquitous. Oh, like yeah. it's everywhere. It's just used for everything. And now the question is, is it in everyone's homes or is it like, is it like a public, like public transit, public sort of transit thing. sort of thing that, cause I kind of like the idea that it's so expensive to run that it's like a public transport thing that there could be some interesting things there. You know, if you want to go the full kind of almost singularity point perspective, then having it just being because because you could have it that essentially teleportation uh, technology also then gives you just replicated technology, right? Yeah. Like that's sort of and one of those that's things. what I was sort of getting at before that the replicated technology is just the teleporter technology with like. A buffer With repeat, buffer copy. basically. Yeah, a buffer repeat, yeah. And she actually, you know, they worked it out because of the buffer thing and they turned it off for the teleports, you know, or fixed it up for the teleports so it didn't. Yeah. It purged the buffers afterwards, but or, for replicated technology, they wanted to keep it, like... I mean, or you have, as part of this whole, I've been wronged, you're like, but where are all the replicators? Like, my technology with this buffer would have allowed for... You know, the end of hunger, the end of the energy crisis, you know, how, why, why, you know, what happened? And then part of you finding this out is the realization that, oh no, you could make literal copies of humans. And it's we couldn't have that. We had to, the only way this technology could make its way into the world is without the ability to keep the buffers. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really cool shit. Cool shit in there. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's do the third game of the night at 44 minutes, approximately. Stamped surgery. Sized mood. Okay. So, this is about getting surgery to get your dick enlarged and you get a stamp that's put on you so everybody knows. <laughs> it's on your forehead. <laughs> and that gives you a bad- puts everyone in a bad mood. They didn't- no, that's stupid. Okay. Going with what we've done the last couple of weeks with an adventure game, this is a point-and-click first-person adventure game. Okay. Um, where- most of the time, it's an inventory puzzle of use bullet on on crosshair in the middle of, of screen. You have to click it every time. Yes. No, as in, as in you, you know, you point it at something, you click, and it effectively just uses bullet at thing that you're pointing at. Okay. Also known as a first-person shooter, because a first-person shooter <laughs> is 100% a point-and-click adventure, just... The only adventure puzzle only, is just use the, bullet. The only on- verb you have <laughs> is shoot. And the only inventory you have is bullet. <laughs> so are you trying to are you are you giving me a funny long winded way to say you want this to be an FPS? Uh yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also I I went three or four weeks without using that joke of first person shooters <laughs> are literally just point and click adventures. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very proud of myself for not doing it. And I'm like this feels I like think a first-person shooter. you used it at the right time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, with stamp surgery, I do kind of like the idea of of some sort of mark after getting a surgery. Like, that there's some sort of... 
and whether that creates fucking zombies or I don't, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Like, but just the way to determine that is they've been stamped. Well, I can way. almost see that this is like it's a stamp that can only be seen under black light. Ooh, okay. And okay, you this are is the, a horror FBS. You are you are the repo man. Okay, going out there and repoing, like recovering organs and that sort of stuff from people who didn't pay their dues. Right. This is the repo man, as yeah. in the genetic opera or whatever it was yeah. called, not the standard. You didn't pay the t- fees on your TV or whatever. Well, you didn't pay your fees on your organs. Your payments on your organs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, are these stamps on the organs? It's like a brand. It's like a brand mark. It's like a watermark. I kind of like the idea that they're, they're where the surgical stuff scar is just underneath it, there's like a, a a black light stamp that you right. can see just check to see if you got the right person okay and i kind of see this as like a maybe a deus ex style okay. game where there's there's a bit of like role-playing stuff that you can you know modify yeah. your character a bit i do like the idea then of you've got your own mods that yeah. you're repaying. Yeah. And so you have to do your job to get money. To so get money so that you can- You don't get your own organs repoed. Yeah. And that's that's a plot point in the next part of the game. Like, when- Could this be a Deus Ex slash Stardew Valley? <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason, the reason I thought that is because I did kind of like- Because then there, there is that, that interesting- economic balance there of you have to keep your day job going to sort of continue to have the tools to build whatever you're doing or whatever. Okay. So, so is like, um, I know I, I'll just pick, I'll just pick a blue collar job of janitor by day and repo man by night. So well, just that-, that you have to succeed at your, re- at your, at your repossessions to get paid to keep your own mods. Otherwise you like, I'm almost picturing a, not quite a roguelike, but you a bit more of a system, a systems based thing where you've got your little, whatever your little apartment, you go to the computer, you know, you've got three repossessions to do tonight. Each one of those is, and we don't call them repossessions. We, we, we call them collections. Sure. Um, because you're either collecting money or you're collecting organs. Like, they're, they're the things that well, you- Well, yeah, p- potentially. But- I'll, And then I'm all, almost picturing that each collection, it, it can- Like, the, the way you do it is you do have to find the right person. You have to confirm the person. And confirm the stamp using your little black light slash But the way that you- The way reader. that you actually solve it is you- There's, there's a- FPS style shootout sort of thing where they might have people who come to attack you. And like, again, you can have some interesting things there where you get a penalty if you hurt anyone before they like come at you. You get a penalty, obviously, if you damage the organ that you are trying to repossess. Mm -hmm. I think you have some sort of long range extraction tools. And any other organ that they could potentially- that is owned by this company. Uh, well, I think that, it's 
that they could potentially pick up if the person died. So, right. Okay. So that if so, there's maybe some laws there that if a person dies because they're fighting it back against a repossession, then the the repossessing company can can collect take or any any remaining organs to right to collect to collect the money that is owed them and basically sell this on to other people. Right. But yeah, I think we could come up with some fun mechanics around just standard FPS sort of stuff, but you've got these limitations of who you can and cannot shoot. Like it doesn't start and you're just in a arena with people coming at you. It's find the person, talk to them, see what their, you know, temperament is, see if they have any people there who could, you know, attack you. And look, I think a lot of the time the people who are not paying uh, who, who have these organs and stuff, they're like organized crime, they're smugglers, they're whatever. Like there's Or they're just of- regular people who- or in some cases, yes, they're just regular people. Then you can even they have some interesting morality behind, stuff in there. They fell behind on their payments a little bit. They'll, yeah. they'll have the money next week. And so you can choose to hold off on that. And you might get a penalty for that because you didn't meet a deadline. And then you might go back next week and they've got the money. Do you really want to shoot little Susie in the face? Like, well, no. I mean, and it might not just be. It might not just be. Well, you're going to kill them. It might be that you. I mean, you have a way to forcefully extract that organ. I don't know how she's going to survive without that heart, though. Well, that's true. But what? Like, that's not your problem. <laughs> you, you you've got a mechanical heart here. It's just being like it's a little rusty and it's a little rusty, rusty and a little dusty. Like, so I hope you've got you had your tetanus shot because we're literally your heart itself is rise ridden with it. Because because I do like the idea that you've got like the when when you do do these repossessions, like you you do give them back like a a version of this. You can give them back a version that. Is like I think it depends on a the lower something. It's like, like this one's ma- this one's made of plastic. This one's three D printable, and here here's the um here's, here's the, the plan. If you can print it before you like after I take your heart and before you die, <laughs> then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's some stuff around, and, and I'm picturing like I, I'm picturing you've literally got a particular weapon or device where it's it's got that blacklight inbuilt. It's essentially like a blacklight slash X-ray. Slash scanner. Like, well, it's got a barcode slash, scanner or something. <laughs> well, and slash extraction tool. Yes. Because I'm picturing you can... You might have to be close enough, but you... Because I'm sort of on, on the go. As this firefight is going, you might just be able to pull this thing out... Like quickly aim to you know you know which organ you're going for and you're seeing like the silhouette of them as you pass this black light over their body and it's like all right left kidney left kidney boom and it's like like a cable comes out and just like grabs it and pulls it back and then you can you can just leave then if you want it's like collection done if you think if it's safe enough if people are attacking you you might need to take them out but. Just don't aim it at their neck when it just opens that whole thing up and their head just falls off. Well, I think you can very, yeah, I think you can very easily just accidentally kill people with this or take the wrong organs or whatever. And that might give you a penalty, <laughs> right? Like you may. I had it on like a heart. You've illegally it, it just, taken. It's got the rib spreader and everything. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know how. I think it's literally just there's probably like 10 different organs or six different organs or something we can decide that. And you can you can fairly clearly see the outline of these appropriate or they highlight or something. Yeah. But you still have to aim. Like, you still have to get that aim right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because it's like Soldier of Fortune, if you remember that game, where you could actually (laughs) shoot people in all the different different places. Like, the fact that no one has really used that technology since, like, that was one of my favourite things about that game. I think it kind of got to the point where it was a little bit uh, morbid, (laughs) because as, as, like... I loved going around. Graphics nut increased. Shot, nut shot, nut shot, nut shot. Well, and it was like, yeah. <gasps> I mean, you could play uh, Bulletstorm. You can do nut shots in Bulletstorm. Yeah. It's only a 10, 12-year-old game. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought Soldier of Fortune for, like, the second time because uh, I bought it when it first came out. Yeah. And it was pretty much the highest rated uh, game that you could pretty much get at the time <laughs> because, you know, it wasn't R-rated, but that it was Raven? close. I think it was. Um, yeah. I bought it on GOG. Like recently or oh, when it, a while ago. Back in the day. No, a, a little while ago. Probably maybe two years ago. Double Helix, Soldier of Fortune 2. I think that was the one that had the... Uh, Soldier of Fortune 1. It was the, it was the first one. Oh, I thought two was the one where they really went. Oh well, yeah, they, the, they really did. But um, yeah, it was very good. Uh, all right, I, yeah, that <laughs> I I I really like the tone of that one. I do like that Deus Ex feel of like that dark, gritty future. Me too. Mm. Uh, that's really cool. All right, let's do a one more. Did you want to click? Murdered Colonel Wrath. Ren, W-R-E-N, like the bird. <laughs> mm. and or it could be a name, because it is also a name. Maybe it's Colonel Wren, who was <laughs> murdered and is now trying to get his wrath. Well, and the Colonel is the essential centre of a computer operating system, so... Oh, is it Colonel like K-E-R? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Colonel like C-O-L. No. Like the rank... Okay, Colonel... Murdered Colonel. Murdered Colonel. Oh, okay, that's kind of interesting then. All right, I think REN then needs to be an acronym. W-R-E-N. Mm-hmm. For, like, uh, Windows. (laughs) 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 um, Windows uh, Red Edition Networking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly like something they would have released. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so this is this is like their Windows server, but it's like that's what Red Edition is for, but then they add the networking at the end anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't actually get it without networking, but it's a feature for some reason. Just like it was in Windows 3.11 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And so, but but the key thing of Windows Red Edition is the AI kernel. Oh yes, right. But it was it was almost a one of a kind. Uh, yeah, kernel. I think maybe it was developed for like the government to run, you know, 
their Network defense and- systems or something. <laughs> Networking d- d- division. <laughs> it was just the it was their network sysadmin. Um, it's actually not networking like communities communicating with each other. It's it's like getting ahead in the in the job world, <laughs> making c- connections. connections. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Yamaha as as like. <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it is that they brought out Windows networking and it was all around social networking. Yeah, it was, it was their it was their push into the social media platform because Microsoft hasn't really, you know, pushed social social media in that way. Um, so they did it in the form of an operating system, but then they brought out Red Edition for the government that had the AI kernel. But because of the way they had developed Windows up until this point, as is always the way, they couldn't pull out the social networking aspect. So it still had to involve that. I mean, you've actually seen what I what I talked about, what I just said, haven't you? you what do you mean? Yammer. What's Yammer? It's Microsoft's social networking thing for, for businesses. Oh. It's absolutely fucking horrible. And it's just right. like- Facebook, but for for businesses but for within biz- right, for, it's an enterprise social yeah, network. Okay, so, what what I reckon is basically the Windows Red Edition networking is literally the entire Windows system is built on Yammer, <laughs> which is <laughs> like you can't oh, well, that can do- maybe be an Easter egg in there, sure. Like, <laughs> but yes, I think it's built around social networking. Um, but but the combination of these things, Red Edition, with which is the AI kernel being combined with the social networking, means that mm-hmm. this AI got so much access to the rest of the world and the rest of the population that, like, something happened. Yeah. So, was it someone... Because, obviously, the kernel has been murdered. The The... AI bot has been murdered and therefore there's no backup of it and all that sort of stuff. Well, and is it, I mean, I know that the words we've got were murdered, Colonel, but is it, is this maybe a situation though where it's the, the AI itself has decided that it needs to murder <laughs> in some way because of its access to social media? What a, what was the prime directive of Windows Red Edition? Is the thing to? I mean, the prime directive is to ensure all users get get access to uh, social media. <laughs> okay, maybe that's what ends up being the. Maybe this is how it gets twisted. Maybe Windows Red Edition was supposed to provide all the whole population with access to government services mm-hmm. or something. But because this net this social networking through the networking module that could not be removed because it's a vital part of Windows <laughs> backbone at this point. <laughs> uh, what that ended up being is that Every, yeah, every human, like that this AI believes that every human being needs to have access to social media. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, um, it's, it needs to be social media that is 
you know, approved. <laughs> like, yeah, or well, free think, speech or... <laughs> like, it, yeah, ends, a- it ends up just going for, like, a conservative, like, style... You know, really yeah, nasty thing. This is just the. This is actually the end point of Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh. <laughs> um, I kind of don't want to go down that that route. No, uh, no. I think we're getting a bit too I, off I, the rails. So I'll, I'll I'll go with what I said. As in, hmm. I'll, I'll my idea was that there's this AI kernel that has been around for 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 a little while, and you know, it's sort of, it's the backbone of Windows Red Edition networking. Okay, but it's it's a cloud-based service. So is there is there sort of just a single instance of this kernel? There then? is only one instance because it's such it's such a large AI kernel. Like yeah, that needs there such is no power. there is no disaster recovery. Or if there was, when this when this kernel all of a sudden disappeared one day. Like, there's no trace of, of it at all. And basically, everything has now stopped because Windows Red Edition only worked because, like, this AI... Yeah, it was essentially running everything. Everything in the background, like... So, okay, so are we talking about a situation where essentially civilization, or at least this country, or whatever it is, is now relying so much on this AI to run essential systems... And then one day it's gone. And one day it's gone. So I think what we can then have is an investigation into who is trying to bring down the whole country. But yeah, well, also I think first, where is what there happened? is there a? How did this happen? Uh, is there actually a backup that we can that we can bring back and and bring right. our AI kernel back to life? But technically, you're you're investigating a murder, and it's the first ever right. virtual murder. The first ever AI murder. Um, okay, yeah, that's cool. I like that a lot more than what we we're the rant, the weird shit we we're doing just before. Ago. Because I like I like games where you <laughs> have to like go through computer systems and figure out what happened because mm. that's just kind of fun. I think you're searching through log files or you're, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what happened up to that moment. You know, there's certain things that are corrupted. You, whatever, you get access to different classified levels of, of logging and stuff. And then you find out you got a text message just before it went down. And it's from a number that you don't know, and you're about to delete it until you realise that written at the top is, and it's, you know, one of those sort of things as you're going through your phone, hey, you just see that little blurb of of sort of what's happening in the message. Yeah. You notice that it's got the exact same, like, start as this other log file that you're looking at. And effectively, this AI has actually reached out to you knowing that you're going to be the one investigating yeah, well, because what I was going to say, and you might be going to the same yeah. place, is I think this AI committed suicide. No, I did, I wasn't going down that, <laughs> oh, you that route. I was I was going down that um, this AI was that actually it, precognitive and, <laughs> or at least like predictive enough predictive that it knew enough someone was going to kill it. Okay, it could go either way. 
Uh, it is a little bit tropey to have the AI who just like gets to the point where they're smart enough to realize it's all entirely fruitless and, and self-destructs. Um, so maybe, yeah, I think the, the idea of it being a murderer is maybe a bit more interesting. Uh, but yes, then you're in a situation where maybe this AI, because I think, and I think you're getting text messages from Ren, who you don't immediately realize is this AI. I think you have a moment mm. where you're like, like, I think maybe up until this point, it's just been called Windows Red Edition or whatever, um, without the networking aspect or whatever. But finally, you see, like, <laughs> you see it, you see it boot up or whatever. Or maybe, because actually, because the other thing I was going to say is, because you were talking about a copy, and I think they do have a copy in a sense, but uh, because it's a learning AI, this copy is essentially a baby. Yeah. Like an infant. And while eventually it will get to the stage that Ren was at. <laughs> I just love how <laughs> we've made this whole thing about Windows Red Edition networking. Yeah, and I think it's perfect for an acronym like and, that. And now, now I just, I'm seeing that, like, if you actually ever went to the About page, you'd actually see that it actually has Windows Red addition networking well i think what i was going to say is i think that when you fire up this infant ai you see the boot up screen and it's exactly that and that's maybe when you realize oh shit this weird person who's been messaging me sending me these cryptic messages or had sent me these cryptic messages or still is was the or still is is the previous ai yeah maybe they've like sequestered themselves away in like They've essentially isolated themselves somewhere. And they're actually in pieces across the cloud. And then you find out. (laughs) Oh, God, my mind is just... (laughs) Okay. So, we can can go with this or we can just... You can just say, Trav, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, So, you you end up, like, travelling through cyberspace. But okay. while while you're while you're going there and you're you're trying to find all the pieces of this, yep. of like this, uh, you know, effectively you're finding discs or something like that or right. CDs, you know, whatever whatever we want to do to decide that. Right. You're always being chased by this this person that has the initials TB. Um, and when okay. you finally get to the end and you find out that Tabitha Bag has been, like, <laughs> trying to collect all these things. <laughs> oh, God. Trevor! <laughs> and, and there's there this go. other guy called T-Shirt who's who's helping you out and eventually you what finally... What brought you? <laughs> what on earth would connect you to the old... British, Canadian, British, British TV show that we have referenced on this show multiple times before. But what would connect this game to fucking tea bag? It's the collection of of collecting the bits, collecting the bits that that immediately brought me to. (laughs) Oh my god! It broke itself up into bits so that it could be saved again because it knew that Tabitha Bag was out there trying to destroy it. We can, we can just as a, like, 
reference and an homage. We can use TB and TB as the TS as the sure. Those are the those are the that's who did the that's who performed this fucking. I was going to say homicide, but it'd be a I don't know VR side. I don't know what it would be. Virtual side, virtual side. Uh, but yes, I think that Ren saved themselves in a sense that as they were being uh, destroyed, they managed to send off these parts of themselves and kind of lock and them away. And one of the things in that first message that you actually got is basically the cryptography key to be able to yeah to um, unlock these things. to unlock it and and put it all back together. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and then Ren has a little child yes. that they're raising because they you know released the infant version of well, Windows Red Edition and they can't ethically destroy it because now it's a living creature. So it's, it's under it's under Ren's wing now. Um yes. It's it's a metaphorical like metaphorical bird wing. Bird wing. Ren. Yep. Ren. Yeah. Um and the baby Ren drops the um the networking and okay. just uh just wants to go by the name of red extreme and they're called rex rex extreme because you know they're, they're a teenager at this <laughs> they're point. teenager just, at that point yeah they want to be edgy <laughs> i know that, right. that's that's kind of cool i that is cool i yeah I, I, I knew that you were fun. Gonna, I knew that you when I when I mentioned teabag right at the end. I mean that, that was that was a deep cut. That was a a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there for tonight. I hope you enjoyed our our deeper dives than usual into some of these game ideas. But I think we did some fun world building tonight, which is what I always enjoy about our click pitch games, because uh, we have a lot of freedom to just uh, explore. So. If you would like to find our previous episodes online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. They're all up there. We've got a variety of different things, as we said, up the top of this episode, different games that we play, different themes that we do. So check them out and let us know what you think about them. Mm. If you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song has gone Mount Defiances off of the album Containment Value by the band Kuradust. Go to kuradust.bandcamp.com and download that album and some others like reinitializers on there live at the starks it's all there the re what was the reunion session the reunion sessions from 2012 that's right so thank you again for joining us this week on bitstorm i'm ben slinger i'm trevor scott and trevor i'm here to repossess one of your organs i think you know which one Fine, you can have it. My luscious ass. There you go.